Welcome to Integral Women Podcasts, where women from around the world share insight and wisdom in the time it takes to drink a cup of coffee. I'm your host, Sierra Melker. Before we get started, it would be very helpful if you'd leave a review on iTunes, if possible. Your response and your feedback really helps with analytics. Also, head to my website, integral-women.com, where you can find out more about my one-on-one mentoring, virtual sisterhoods, and books. Hello, folks. Um, today we're mixing it up a little bit. I've been doing a lot of mixing it up. I had a great recipe and I was following the recipe and now I've just been uh, messing around and changing it up in every possible way. And today my friend Andy's joining us and Andy's a male. So Andy's the first male on the Integral Woman podcast. Welcome, my darling. How are you? Great. <clears throat> that's, that's quite the... Uh prestigious honor I get to fit in here as the first male. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> right. No, really, it's it's uh it's great to be here and I'm good. Good. I'm excited. I'm hanging out on my deck in Colorado and um very much appreciating the fresh air. Yeah. As we have not have a had a whole ton of that in quarantine, at least the first part of quarantine. Yeah. But you and Medellin, I think you were you were locked up for pretty good. Didn't you say you could get a fine if you went still, to still, still, uh, every six days based on the last digit of my identification, I can go to the grocery store and get food and they check. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a million peso fine. If I mean, I, I think some people are doing it. 14 teenagers apparently were at a disco on Friday. Um, so anyway, they got in trouble. They got arrested. Uh, but so far so good. I'm, I'm all right. Um, Andy and I, no matter what we do, end up having the most amazing conversations from the moment my dog introduced me to you at a coffee shop. We've just always sort of, um, jived and I feel like I wish that I'd recorded every one of our conversations and turned it into a podcast. So here we are to have a conversation when we haven't planned really anything except uh, there is, there's a niggle, which is just this sort of growing, it's, it's an Australian word that I've picked up. Um, it's like a whisper or a nudge. It's just sort of that scratch at the back of your soul yeah. is trying to say like, hello, hello. And niggle. for years, a niggle, yeah. Uh, leave it to the Aussies to come up with a word like that. Um, <laughs> there's been something that's wanted my attention for a long time. As, as most of you know, I've worked almost exclusively with women and women's circles and supporting women to cultivate fulfillment so that they can flourish in their lives as leaders and as individuals. And something's been really wanting my attention for a number of years, but it's come to the full forefront in the last month or so, two months, the need to bridge this gap that I sense also that women are doing women's work, like women are focusing on them themselves and improving themselves. And maybe there are men in the world who are also doing comparable work. But if they are, I don't know what that work looks like. I don't necessarily know all of the men who are doing it. And in that vacuum, 
then I am left perceiving that maybe no one's doing anything. And I don't want to think that and I don't believe it. Um, so Andy, you are on the other side of the gender fence. Um, so maybe we can start there just talking about what's, what's going on for you and the men in your realm. And then we can talk about this idea I have about bringing men and women together to have intentional and meaningful conversations to, to build some bonds that maybe have eroded. Mm. How's that sound? <clears throat> sounds fantastic. And it sounds necessary. And I like how you said, although you may not see it or be aware of it, you don't believe it in terms of men not working on themselves. Um, <clears throat> I definitely see all sides of the spectrum, right? Um, a lot of room for opportunity for people to work on themselves, a lot of room within myself that in times I still notice I'm not willing to go. However, one of the blessings of a very tough time globally for us is this opportunity to um, really take a look at ourselves. And I mean, it's happening regardless of whether we want it or not. This, this time where we're kind of forced into ourselves, you know, physically in our spaces, but also if our routine and our busyness has been interrupted, we're forced to be with ourselves, right? Yeah. So um, I'm pretty fortunate in that my background is, is very personal development based, at least since 20, 2010, I've been doing programs and things like that. But what I realized, it's kind of like Russian dolls for me. The more that I realize that there's something to develop and the more that I experience <laughs> development, then the more that there is to do. Absolutely. Which, you know, I think is for me, I'm excited. I mean, not all the time. How many times have I said, I thought I learned this lesson already, or I've done learning lessons. I'm sure people can relate to that, but I think I have this view now that I'm going to be learning until the day my heart stops beating. And maybe after that, we'd have no idea. Exactly. So um, I do see, back to your original question, I do see men working on themselves. Um, I, as I, we were just mentioning this before we started uh, recording here, is with Ryan and Christian, two guys who are, one's in Germany and others in California, and we create ourselves in the morning, meaning when I, I say that, I mean, here's what I'm dealing with. Hit play on the voice memo. Here's mm. what's going on. Here's what I woke up into. Here are the fears that I see. Here are the, here's the smallness that I feel. And we also celebrate wins. You know, this is what has been working, that sort of thing. Noticing awarenesses within ourselves. But I think having that outlet, <clears throat> I'm starting to see more of that, at least in, in, my friend group um, of people, of men, to your question, opening up, you know, and, and expressing things that are not typically in like the man's man, like um, persona, wouldn't kind of like the stoic, keep it all inside. Um, yeah. I see that starting to break down. It's not that it still doesn't exist, but I, 
do see my experience anyways is is of men being willing to open up um which i think in this day and age we have to we must in order to adapt with changing times and in order to continuously reinvent ourselves yeah i love that and i definitely didn't mean to imply that men aren't doing their own work but i just i do want to say that if i don't see it because i don't know that what it is right i actually took it that you did imply that they are because you said i don't see it but i don't believe it as in i don't believe that they aren't Right. I, I believe in my heart and my soul and I feel that, and it's, you know, not every man, the same way that not every woman right. um, is in this zone with themselves or willing to go there or has the time or the energy or the space to do that. Um, but the longer that I've spent time with myself and with other women willing to go there, then that's more, more and more of my reality. Um, and what I'm craving and what I hear the women in my community craving is to hear that and see what that looks like and how it manifests for men. Yeah. Um, because, so when I started my work with women for almost five years ago, it came from this internal real need to reconnect with myself on that level. Um, and I recognized that need in the women around me as well. I said, you know, women really especially need this space. And over the last four or five years, maybe just because of the depth into which I've, I've dove in, what's the past tense of dive? <laughs> Dived? Um, doved. <laughs> I'm, I'm in it. Whatever the word is, whatever the conjugation of this English word that I can't speak, um, I'm in it. Whatever, however I got there, I'm in it. And... Um, and so I'm surrounded by this, but the more that I think about it now, the more that I sense on some level, the ease of women, for women to access this space. Um, we are socialized to, to communicate with one another about all sorts of things. As women, we are, you know, trained from birth just to, to chat and we are stigmatized as being emotional. So we've sort of gotten this lifelong permission to communicate and have emotions. Right. And men, on the flip side, positive and you know, negative flip side of that is they can't have emotions and they can't communicate by the sort of the dogma. Um, and that doesn't mean you can't, it just means that you have to navigate something in order to get to that space within yourself and with other men. You, and you, I imagine, Andy, have to find, there's a process of sort of vetting a new person of like, are you a, a guy who can do this? Can you handle me going there within myself because you've been there yourself? That not all men are sort of safe for you to have your own experience or share that. <coughs> That's very well said, Sierra. I think I do notice, uh, I, I'd say probably one of the biggest compartments of my own work on myself has been this um, overcoming this worry about what everyone thinks. 
that has been probably the biggest thing for me in the last five years to like conceptually five years ago, I got it, but I was still in it. Yeah. Oh, I don't care what other people, no, totally did. <laughs> not to say that I don't now, but I think there's, there's a willingness to, if it is, as I would characterize it, I understand this term could be kind of vague for people, but I call it like my truth, which is <clears throat> another way of saying that is like my core message or something that I believe in or a way of living that if someone's going to judge me for it, so be it. Because it's not coming from a place of like, I'm trying to do something. This is like core to who I am. And this, you know, there's a whole realm of speaking about how we relate to the planet and, and connecting people to nature, that that's what I think of. And I'm going to express that message regardless of what people think. Um, when it comes to expressing uh, something that in and, and the dogma you mentioned might be um, historically off bounds, out of, out of bounds or off limits. Yeah. Um, I think I'm willing to be the one in, because when you were asking that, I thought of those relationships that I have where it's kind of like, no, oh, not exactly. Um, I went camping with a buddy a couple of weeks ago and he's, he's a few years younger. Um, but you know, I just met him here in, uh, in Colorado and, you know, connected in terms of nature and camping and adventure and all that stuff. But, you know, we started getting into like the more vulnerable stuff in terms of our fears and like relating to women and our own. Um, it's just this whole conversation, which was not like a man's man conversation. And mm -hmm. I realized his, like his expression wasn't quite what mine was, but I still saw the value in continuing that conversation and not needing him to respond in a certain way because it's so often, I mean, how often have you experienced this? Someone gets something out of an interaction or a conversation that you had no idea they got, but you would not have seen by their own expression or verbal affirmation of it, but yet, inside or however you want to phrase it they're getting it and even just yeah. being in that conversation they're starting to open up to it so i think it's important to i i come back to my point about caring less about what others think in mm -hmm. being willing to not expect a certain reaction from having that conversation and being willing to have it teeter on those skinny branches um, <laughs> it's okay because that's how we you know, my, uh, you know, who Albert Schweitzer is. Mm -hmm. So his, one of the quotes that I love the most from him, he says, example is not the main thing influencing others. It is the only thing. Mm. So I think by us being willing to have those conversations, whether we're a man or a woman, you, as that person, open the door for whomever you're interacting with to do the same. Yeah. Hmm. There were so many pieces of that I just love. Um, I think of it, I, I've, I always come back to these um, nature and agricultural metaphors of like planting a seed, right? Um, the example that you're setting doesn't mean you're going to see that blooming in somebody else, or it's like it's not ready to harvest yet, but maybe you've planted a seed that's going to germinate underground. No one's going to notice, not even the person who's cultivating that seed. 
for a week, a month, a year. There's not a, a sort of a imposed timeline of where one interaction is going to yield X result in Y number of days. That's, I mean, everything in business, we want like this result in 30 days or less, or I'm not paying two grand for it. It's not, but it's not how, how this creature that I, we inhabit, that's not how we work, you know? It, it's not also to say that it needs to take a lot of time. You can have a conversation and have life-changing dramatic results in 30 minutes or less, right? There's, it's not um, on a particular timeline. But I really appreciate, I appreciate the, the decade of, of work that you've spent on yourself figuring out who the hell you are in this moment so that you can be that guy in this moment and let that have whatever impact it has on whoever. And I, and I get that too. Like I still care what people think of me, but not to the point of having it determine how I show up in the world. Yeah. 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 Very well said. Exactly. Right. Um, I still care, but I used to, care so much that I would be reading everyone all the time to try to just decide who I was. Same. Yeah. Yep. Which I think and, is totally yeah. human and normal. Absolutely. And we realize that we can't base our well-being off of other people's reactions and judgments assessments because they're going to judge us right. anyways. <laughs> our, our perception of their judgments, right? Like we right. don't even know. Half yeah. the time people don't tell us really what they think. We're just like reading a facial expression or some random thing. <sighs> yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, and I think, I think we are on some level we're each guides for one another that, that by communicating, and this comes back to, to my niggle, to my desire to have more cross- communication of like what who are you right now what's going on for you how are you navigating that um how are you supporting yourself what are you struggling with because my experience in women's circles is when women get together individual women we still think that we're the only ones right no matter how many times we come to women's circle whatever we're going through right now somehow there's this story i'm the only one and so i'm gonna I'm maybe a little embarrassed or I'm a little shy to share this struggle or this whatever. And as soon as we speak it, three or four other voices are like, yep, me too. Or I'm like, no, exactly what you're talking about. That's happened to me. I feel you, da, 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 da. And I know that it happens among women. But if the conversation and I don't mean men and women aren't talking to each other because you and I are talking to each other and men and women are talking all the time, but the degree of intentionality and the depth to which we're willing to go within ourselves translates to the depth we're willing to go with one another. Um, mm. And yeah, that's a I, exactly. And I believe that, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like the house of mirrors that it's got to start somewhere right? If I show you my vulnerability, then you can show me your vulnerability. And then I can show you, you know, even more and we can go back and forth. It's, it's this sort of ever deepening space that's possible. 
but I know for myself, I still have deeper conversations with the women in my women's circles and some women I just meet that I ordinarily will do have with men that I know or men that I've just met. And, and so where, where can I um, practice that for myself, communicating deeper of myself to other people so I can say like, oh my God, I just shared this. And Andy can say, yeah, me too. And then all of a sudden there's this resonance um, and we're connected, you know? Um, I know the, the Me Too movement of a couple of years ago, um, really, it was an important and valid movement. But what I felt also was there was, it drove a deeper wedge between men and women. And the more time I spend in women's circles, I'm wondering if, if these conversations aren't happening intentionally together that we're moving further apart. And I don't want to live in a world where we're moving further apart. This is a huge issue. This is a, um, <clears throat> it, it makes, I just love the lens that you have of understanding the importance of that connection, not at all negating the work that women do with women or that men do with men, essential, crucial. And Absolutely. to have that, but to have that bridge is also crucial. And there are not, in terms of, every, of what I see, there are not a whole lot of avenues that I see where that's happening, like real communication. Um, right. So I just, I really appreciate the lens that you have and the importance of this. And the funny thing is, <laughs> I mean, at least for men, so much of the, I'm a coach, right? So a lot of the conversations that I've had with men, not even people who are just clients, but friends who are like, oh, hey, can you help me with this thing? I would say like 90% of it is help me communicate with my wife or this girl that I'm dating or my girlfriend yeah. or whatever it may be. It's, yeah. it is such a common, and I can imagine for women too, it's one of the, like, how do I communicate with this creature? Like I'm trying <laughs> and I just can't, I just like bopping your head against the, the, the wall. Like I can't, I don't understand. Um, so the funny thing is being willing to open up that dialogue with men integrating their work with women who are, who are also working on themselves and actually communicating about it. And it's not to say that we're all going to agree. There's definitely going to be misunderstandings and things, but that's the space. That's the juice where it all happens is yeah. that is the, the die, the willingness to dive in. And as you said before, like the willingness to get messy with it. Yeah. Because it's, it's being willing to face and dive into that messiness that's going to drive up the things that are still there for people so they can get them out and communicate them and then hear a new perspective with it and then transform it. But it, nothing happens unless there's that dialogue. And I don't think the dialogue's possible without the mess. I agree. It's I not don't, the yellow roses. Right no, off. and I don't think like 
if you do six months of women's circles and six months of your own internal work and your partner does six months of his own internal work and then you get together, everything will be fine. No, it'll probably be worse first because you've unpacked more stuff that you were never aware of or not willing to go, you know, all these places we weren't willing to go to that just sort of were packed away in the corners that were, you know, maybe informing our little snippets in the, like, can't believe you didn't take out the trash, right? It's, there's a whole story back there. Yeah. And when we are willing to go there, then it's, it's messier. But, um, my art teacher in high school he said you're not doing it right if you're not making a mess <laughs> and he must have said this a thousand times because i actually remember like word for word the quote um and it took a long time to unlearn the tidiness that my life up until that moment had taught me to do and be and i was like okay well if I'm supposed to be messy in art, and if I'm not being messy and I'm not doing it right, what other areas of my life am I not doing right because I'm not willing to make a total shit mess of? Yeah, like not willing to color outside the lines of. Um, I was just writing about this in, in the context of parenting because my daughter's five. And, and it's, it's an important lens for me on, on like multiple dimensions, I, I need to be willing to make a mess of parenting, which seems sort of a high stakes game, you know? Um, but if I'm so rigid about parenting, then I'm gonna screw it up. So if I give myself permission to be messy about it, a couple of things happen. One is it's a little bit more fun because I'm not holding myself to such rigid standards. And another thing that I was reflecting on is that I'm teaching my daughter how to make messes and then how to clean them up in the logistic sense of like the house is a total disaster. Okay, let's clean it up. But also then that translates to the emotional aspect too of like, Oh my God, we're having total meltdown. Here's what, I, here's my part of it. Here's your part of it. Yeah. Let's navigate totally. through that. And that's so valuable for both of us. Like, I never learned how to clean up messes because I lived my whole life trying not to make them. And then feeling bad when they happened because they're inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. This is a normal experience of life. Yeah. Really messes will happen, just like your art teacher said. That's actually yeah. not doing it right unless that happens. I really, uh, I mean, again... I, I, I'm not a parent myself, but I know that if one day I am, I'm not going to know, <laughs> can have a clue. Can only read, I mean, you can read books. Sure. You can talk to other people who are parents, but it's in the experience of it, which is, I can't even imagine what that's like. So by you saying, I need to be willing to make the, make parenting messy. I, I mean, I hope everyone understands that or can, can get that perspective. I think it's brilliant because it gives you the freedom to, to discover and explore and fail. And like in those failures of things that don't work, learn. And most importantly, like you said, be in dialogue with your daughter about 
wow, here's my part in this ownership. Here's your part in this, you know, allow her, you're by example saying, I take ownership for this, allowing her to do the same. Whether she does it in that moment or not, she's learning. She's like yeah. sponge moding all of this stuff. Yeah. So from the beginning in her life, she's going to understand, Sierra, how to, that it's okay to get messy and understand how to take ownership of these things. I think that's so, so important. And full disclosure, I'm sort of experimenting on her so that someday I can be messy with like a peer on like an adult level where I'm not the one who gets to say, you should just go to bed. <laughs> um, because on an adult level, what I'm practicing with my five-year-old, it's fundamental, but I haven't, I haven't mastered the, the peer on peer mess. Um, mm. And so that, that's my growing edge, just so that we're, you know, owning our truth and not saying like, we've got it all figured out. No, definitely not. <laughs> None of us. No, None of us. And, and like the I Russian dolls, like I don't somewhere. actually, I don't want to have it all figured out. I want to have, here's another parenting example. Um, about, there were a couple of years where about every six weeks, my daughter was in a fundamentally different stage of her development. It would take me six weeks to figure out what that stage was and like, modify my behavior. And as soon as I figured it out, like clockwork, she was in a new phase. <laughs> um, and I think now that she's five, it's, it's even a different timeline. I haven't even figured out what the, the rate of change timeline is, but it's definitely, uh, a changey one. So um, <laughs> that's my learning curve. <laughs> it's, <sighs> um, I think the themes of this stuff, the, the things that we're talking about in terms of being willing to, to allow it to be messy and to fail. And I like how it's like, this is a perfect example of how you can use this relationship with your daughter as a uh, playground training ground for the peer level, because how easy is it, Sierra, to go, ah, that sounds like kind of a, a risky conversation. I think I'm just gonna, uh, no, I'll just tell them that I'm sorry, then it's okay and don't worry about it. And it's not to say, I mean, there's a lot of strength in letting go sometimes, right? But those conversations that we know that need to happen, unless we train ourselves to have those and to be okay with them, to be okay with them being messy, then we don't have full, I don't know, this is what I believe, that we don't have full expression in our communication unless we're willing to have that happen. And if we can see where it's coming from, which is usually love, then it gives us a different perspective that's your context. That's why you're having this tough conversation because you love this person. But if we don't play there, then, then it's, it's like. Then not, you're not practicing love. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 And if it's not coming from love, then that's an important conversation to have. And it might be the last, right? Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Um, it's the hardest conversations that are the most important. And if we're not, no, I know this from myself. If someone's like, what's wrong? I'm like, nothing. Nothing's fucking wrong. You're like, um, 
something's wrong. What's wrong? Nothing. Right. If there's that opportunity for a mess, that mess, that, that possibility is also simultaneously the opportunity for intimacy and deepening and like, but you have to get worse to get better sort of, you know, in, in that message, that image of things, it's not, what's wrong? Oh, I hurt. Oh, let me give you a hug and all as well. Like what's wrong. Let's spill it all over the floor and like sort through it. But for the, for years, I was so uncomfortable with feeling feelings. Um, I didn't even know. I didn't know what was wrong, you know? I didn't know myself, so I couldn't, I didn't even have the capacity to connect with another person given the opportunity because I made a point of not knowing myself that well, <laughs> you know. Um, Back to your mirror that we were talking about, if you don't, you're not willing to, or not able to go within, or I would say willing is actually the more accurate word because yeah. we may not know how, but if there's the willingness, then you will find a way. Of course. Um, and if we're not willing to do that on our own, then how do we, do we expect to connect with someone else on that deep level? It's yeah. just be the same. Yeah. And, you know, if two people are, are content on the logistical sort of just talking about the rain and the shopping and the, the internet bill, then that, that's also a match made in heaven. That's perfect. If, that's, if they both, that's where they want to operate, that, that's groovy. Yeah. But the... But if, the yeah. harmony is what you're referring to like the yeah. the balance between they can't be one person really wants the other person's not open to it it's, that's going to set it's not that that can't be transformed it absolutely can but yeah. again, it goes back to the willingness to calibrate yeah yeah so one of the reasons i love you so much is that we can just always go to these places um, that we can meet each other wherever we are yeah. and, and navigate whatever happens to be in front of us. Um, and this is, you know, certainly within romantic relationships, I, people who are seeking this, I hope that they can find and learn and navigate how to create that for themselves. But even more so, their, their needs to be communication, sincere, deep, genuine communication between men and women about all things, right? Profound and mundane, all of it. And like you said, there are not very many avenues to talk about things that I consider to be really meaningful. Um, you know, even politics and geopolitical, blah, blah, blah. It's not it's not on the soul level. Um, mm. and so that's what I'm inviting some people into is, is an experiment actually to, to bring willing men and women into a space similar to the space that I've been creating just for women so that we can, and you and I spoke about this last time we talked, not actually talk to each other initially, but to listen to one another because there's a there's no difference and a huge chasm between talking and listening yes 
so I have this, this vision of, of bringing men and women together, like I said, and, and doing an exercise where women are speaking to women and men are listening, and then men are speaking to men and women are listening. And that meets us on two levels of, you know, men getting to connect with men, but also that we get to be a fly on the wall to see what we haven't been seeing, to cultivate compassion for one another, maybe to get a little, you know, a grain of sand of insight for a, another conversation with someone important to us. Um, like, oh, I, I saw this thing that I had never seen before. What are your, your thoughts and takes and what stirs you? Well, I mean, everything we've talked to, talked about thus far leads up to if there needs to be an opportunity for this actual communication. I really like the, I mean, to me, I don't get opportunities like that to participate in something like that. Um, it just doesn't exist from what I see now. Well, that's again, what I see, but I think the opportunity of it in listening and, and being able to train ourselves that even if we don't agree with what we're hearing or it doesn't make sense, just be with it. Just hang out and listen to it develop and see if you can locate yourself over there in their perspective, which might sound foreign at first, but really opens the door for connecting with how this other species communicates. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems sometimes, right? Like another species. Does. Does. I don't even know what um, language you're speaking. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the opportunity of being present, but being in listening mode um, where you're, it's also training us to not to need to respond or need to say something about everything um, and to instead have that lens of listening to, which is in our own uh, being training our ability to listen. But I think what makes this so unique uh, is the opportunity to get the other perspective, to be able to hear women talking about what, what they're dealing with. I don't hear that kind of a conversation. And to me, even if we're not communicating directly, it bridges that gap. It helps uh, close the chasm in order to understand what we're each dealing with, men and men and women and women. Um, so I think that could be a really rich, um, discovery on both sides of the on both sides of the fence with the end result being more understanding yeah let me know what you think about this i just had a, a flash of something that i i observe within myself and i i observe in groups that when men and women are together whether it's at a party or a board meeting or whatever women definitely communicate differently to men in that sort of men and women setting than they do to women and women. Do you think that men also communicate differently when it's a mixed group or do have women just been sort of learning and adjusting to this male and forgive the cliche, the male dominated sort of world for so long? 
I think that's a really good question. Um, in my, I think it comes down to an individual level, like who are the individuals in that group that are there because they're going to have different motivations, you know, um, men in a room with women are going to have motivations. Some of them are going to look to, they're going to want to hook up. Others <laughs> are just there to have a good time. So I yeah. think the intention varies person to person, but I can absolutely see how probably even on an unconscious level, our way of communicating and way of being alters yeah. in that mixed environment. Um, yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm, of course, the context, right? Like the, the same group of people in a board meeting would even communicate differently if they were at a party, right? Yes. The same people in a different context are going to interact and communicate and say different things. Um, what I, one of the things that I'm feeling and noticing is that I think women have, have had to learn how to sort of code switch, that when they're speaking to other women, and this isn't always true because there's still, you know, tensions and hierarchies among groups of women, depending on what the context is. Um, but let's say like women speaking in a safe group of other women, just like call it that, would speak really, really differently than in a mixed group. Um, because there's so many, what do we call them? Like paradoxical loopholes about how to communicate if especially like in the business world, like if you say, if a woman says it this way, she's bossy and pushy and she's, you know, hormonal or like take any of the accusations that could yeah. be thrown at a woman and she has to sort of wrap her thought or her idea and sort of package it to the audience um, instead of just saying what she thinks or feels. Yeah. Um, and pro it's probably true in a relationship too, in a romantic setting of, you know, how do I, how do I say this thing that I'm trying to say in a way that's going to be received in the way that I want it to be received? That's just a lot of work, right? Mm -hmm. How do I figure out what I'm thinking? And then how do I package it? Right. Yeah. What, what would it be just like to figure, I don't know, figuring out how I feel is enough work sometimes. And then letting it come out of my mouth is hard work. Like that's enough. Positioning it, you know, to create some outcome feels like the video game of life. And I don't really, I don't want to play that game. It's like, if, if we can be really listening to ourselves and to one another, then, then we can even go to unexpected places, right? Rather than trying to manipulate each other, even if it's for the best outcome. But if there's some sort of like, I'm trying to get someone to do something instead of I'm just communicating or I'm just listening, mm. you know? Anyway, we've, we've bounced around a lot and covered a fair deal. I think you bring up a, a bigger, I mean, <clears throat> in, the, in the, just take the romantic context, right? If there was a ground, if there was a base level of understanding that I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, but again, back to the messiness of it, it might come out of my mouth in a way that I, that I don't, <laughs> that I go, why did I say that? Or why did it, that's not, 
it sounded bad. That's not actually what I meant. That's messy, right? The willingness to hang in there in the conversation without reacting can produce you will, you will, if you both have that willingness to arrive at a, at a same level of understanding, you will get there. It's like a law, but that yeah. willingness to not be triggered, right? We have, right. we both have all these old patterns of being triggered by things and past experiences. And that can be the hardest thing sometimes is to hang in there. Mm-hmm. But if you have this context is what's, what I got from you sharing that is like, if there's willingness to, um, there's willingness to, to, to try on listening, what listening actually means. If there's willingness to get where the other person is coming from without reacting or without um, saying this is weird or difficult, I can't handle this conversation. Mm-hmm. That's where the stuff of miracles can happen. Just on the other side of that uh, confronting skinny branch feeling is where the real juice is. Yeah, the fruit so, is on that skinny branch, right? At the end of the branch. <laughs> You got to go there to get it. Yeah. I think it applies in a, in a romantic context. Absolutely. But on the bigger picture between men and women, and this points to like a societal thing too. One of the reasons I love um, both, I would, there's two podcasts that come to mind right now. Um, at least that, that I've listened to where there's, I listened to um, Joe Rogan talking to, he interviewed uh, Brett Weinstein and Jordan Peterson. And the main theme of this interview was society is not talking about these things because Mm -hmm. this is taboo and that's taboo. And to your point about what could happen with women working on women and men working on men with no communication is that maybe we are going farther apart. We don't know unless we open up that dialogue and that we have to be willing to talk about these things. And that episode I listened to is just like, here are the problems that get created for now and the future when we train ourselves that this is not okay to talk about. When we label X, Y, and Z as taboo and, ooh, this is not, we can't go there. Think about that between men and women. Like if these things aren't communicated, then yeah, that divide is going to get farther. So yeah. I'm just grateful you're, you're, you've been clued into this stuff for a while and now you're creating a forum, an avenue for us to explore it and get messy with it. Um, and open it up because again, the, like you said before, the messiness is the, the entryway, the door to true communication. And it's a necessary part of it. Yeah. It's all about, I mean, that's, it's about communication. It's about life, right? Can you imagine life that was so, mm, what's the word? sort of predetermined that you like thought it all out so that you only did it right. That would be, first of all, mind, mind numbing. And it, when I try to do that, when I used to try to do that, it led to paralysis, right? Like fight, flight, or freeze. I'm just going to freeze <laughs> instead of making a mistake. I'm just not going to breathe or let anybody see me. I'm just going to hide out here and hope that oh, yeah. it, it all works out. And and that's a hard place to be for any amount of time. Um, so I just want to thank you. I think we could probably have 16 more hours of, of conversation. <laughs> and maybe we will. Maybe I will call you in as a regular guest to speak on behalf of all of the man part of mankind. Um, <laughs> but I, 
I just want to thank you again for, for joining us, for your willingness to, to speak from your own experience and, and let us in to your, your lens of life. Thank you, Sierra. That's, I really appreciate that acknowledgement. I made my day. And <laughs> as I'm sure everyone, all of the listeners to the Integral Women podcast know you are, I'm experiencing in this in this conversation, like how like expertly, masterfully you guide the conversation in bringing up topics that make a difference on a personal level, but also what we can aspire to as, as a society. And just thank you for making that conversation possible. I can't wait for that kind of, uh, what did we call it before? Like a fishbowl okay. conversation? Men listening yeah. to men talking to men, women listening, and women talking to women, men listening. It's yeah. just, um, I'm excited for that. And I, it's just thank you for doing the work, for acting on your intuition to make that possible, and for letting me be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, for anyone listening, the first experiment, first iteration of this experiment is scheduled for June 5th. It's coming up right around the corner. So um, wherever you are watching or listening to this, uh, go to the show notes or click something. There'll be details if you're interested or just send me a message and um, I'll, I'll get you in on the action because it's important that, you know, if this sparks something for anybody who's listening, that we get together and we see what happens. I have no idea. Well, I have a ton of ideas, actually. Let me take that back. I have a ton of ideas, but no promises. Yeah, like I, I don't, I don't know. Um, and that's the part that, that's actually exciting. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Milo. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Integral Women Podcast. I'm your host, Sierra Melker. If you've been enjoying these podcasts, I invite you to check out two features on our Anchor homepage. Number one is the message button. I want to hear from you. I want to hear which guests have really spoken to you, what uh, this podcast is bringing up for you and sharing with you. Let us know how you're receiving the podcast. And there's another button. If you'd like to support the effort of Integral Women Podcast, it invites for a subscription or donation. You're welcome to check that out, and I would greatly receive anything that you're willing to share, either ideas or support. Thanks so much.